Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. A uh, chilly morning, but not as bad as yesterday, 22 degrees. We expect uh, nothing untoward in weather for the next few days. In fact, it's going to get warm. We'll be near 60 on the weekend. Uh, today, our high, 32. Yesterday was awful. It was. And Michigan Ave is like a wind tunnel, mm -hmm. so uh, anyone that was down here last night, they um, or yesterday they almost blew over. Yeah, when it was snowing the day before, it was horizontal snow. Uh, what's happening today? We've got the uh, economic luncheon. Attorney Diane Bauer will be speaking on uh, being an employer during COVID, and that's at 11.30 this morning at the Cascades Manor. And you're welcome to attend. There's a uh, cost, but you can pay at the door. I believe it's uh, $40. That should, uh, that should be interesting because I think uh, it's been hard to, as a business owner, deal with COVID and different changes and different rules and regulations, whatever size your business is. So I guarantee that uh, you could get some good information from this. And one of those regulations, which we, it's still up in the air, is this uh, employer mandate the federal government has. And as we talked yesterday, New York City employers are required to mandate vaccinations among their staff. Uh, here in Michigan, Governor Whitmer was asked yesterday uh, about the, the federal mandate, and she's kind of uh, starting to sound wishy-washy about it. She said to reporters that she's concerned because she's afraid we'd lose a lot of state employees, uh, employees that work for the state government, uh, when that mandate, if and when that mandate goes into effect. She said, uh, we have a lot of the same concerns we uh, feel it's going to be a problem for all of us. But Michigan ranks number one in terms of uh, COVID-related hospitalizations, number one in terms of test positivity, and we're four in the nation uh, for total cases. Now that uh, mandate yesterday was uh, held up in, or did not hold up in court, so it will be on hold again for federal contractors. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? Yeah, and it's likely to go uh, all the way through the court system uh, right up to the uh, federal Supreme Court and even in the state Supreme Court. Uh, Justice Richard Bernstein yesterday said, I can't even talk about it because <laughs> it's likely it's going to land up in our um, courthouse. Aren't these laws just isn't, you know, I've been starting to look at almost every not every one of our laws, but a lot of them. And, you know, the generation before plugs and pushes to get these laws passed. And by the time they're passed, a new generation wants all the laws completely <laughs> changed. And it takes about 25 years for that to happen. And by the time those laws get changed, it's just uh, it's a never ending cycle. Uh, Maybe I am. I'm not going to run for office, but uh, I encourage you to run for office if you uh, <laughs> Oh, I've always thought these, uh, we have these full-time legislatures all over the country and all they do is make laws. Is, is there a point where we really, do we have enough laws? I think we have, uh, <laughs> frankly, I think we have too many laws. There's so many laws we don't know about. We have so many laws that you can constantly break the law and not get in trouble. So that would tell me we have too many laws. Right. And you could break the law and not even know about it. Yeah, I mean, if you live in a certain part of the country, you can steal whatever you want from a target and go home and not get in any trouble. That's true. Welcome to California. That's right. Um, I wanted to ask you, did you watch Alec Baldwin's interview with George Stephanopoulos? Um, I saw pieces of it. I watched it and I took away 
from that. I couldn't tell if he was serious because he's such a damn good actor. <laughs> so I couldn't, he is, he's a phenomenal actor. I couldn't tell, I just couldn't get a read on it. And I'm not a firearms expert as you know, so. Uh, but you're hearing so many different things. He says he didn't even pull the trigger. He just engaged the... Pulled the... Pulled cocked the, the hammer. Yes. And that... I, I don't know. Someone did something wrong, but that interview with, that he did with uh, George was weird mm -hmm. at best. So. Yeah, I was surprised that he sat down for an hour. It was interesting. Yeah. And he's a goofball, for sure. He's mm -hmm. weird. Um, but again, he's such a good actor that I kind of felt like I was watching him play a role, believe it or not. So I thought uh, that he would be removing himself from public life for uh, a, a longer period of time following this tragedy, but there he is. Uh, we talk about uh, lawmakers in Lansing today. They uh, possibly could be allocating some of that federal COVID money. Uh, today, there is a... Um, uh, a bill uh, in the Appropriations Committee that will um, al allocate $1.2 billion of the COVID money to set up eight coronavirus testing sites across the state and monoclonal antibody treatment sites as well. Yes, so, yeah, so folks that would show, the idea is folks that would show up at these testing sites would those that qualify would also be able to get monoclonal antibody mm. uh, treatment at that time. It looks like there's about 300 million for testing, 300 million for treatment, and uh, a few other hundred million for some other things. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll see. I have to talk to uh, our doctors to see if that makes makes the most sense. I, I don't know. We do have 199 million Americans that are already uh, vaccinated. It seems like a lot of these. Uh, a lot of these hundreds of millions um, will go toward the folks that are unvaccinated that need the treatment, but such, such is public health. Further evidence that the uh, booster is of high value. Uh, this morning, Pfizer put out a press release saying that the uh, Omicron variant um, is being um, controlled by the booster, Pfizer says that if you've had the two uh, first shots, the early data shows that the uh, booster is effective against the Omicron variant. And that echoes a study published yesterday in South Africa where the Omicron variant originated. So that's, that's good news for those of you with the booster, that got the booster. With the Another Pfizer reason, booster? The Pfizer booster. I don't have the Pfizer booster. Huh. huh. Well, hopefully it works on the other ones as well. Um, I wanted to talk about a few businesses. I've, I had some great experiences this week, so I want to oh, chime in. Blair's Car Care. Mm -hmm. Took two cars there this week. Uh, the first car, my wife's car, um, fixed without charging, operator error. Oh, what happened? Well, there's something to do with the four-wheel drive and, uh, you know, but anyways. And then I took my other car there, and I did not know that they could fix foreign cars, but they can and they can do it a lot cheaper and more reasonable than some other places I've gone. Wow. So I had a great experience at Blair's. And I was also at uh, the jewelry shop talking with uh, Frank. They've been in business 25 years. Mm -hmm. Is that crazy? It's amazing. And I know you went shopping last uh, 
last year for Christmas over there. I'd encourage people to uh, get out to the jewelry shop corner of West and Franklin. They have a ton of new stuff uh, in for this year for Christmas. And what better than jewelry? What better than jewelry? Right? Everyone loves jewelry. Everyone loves jewelry. Yes. Locally owned, both of these businesses. Yeah, locally owned for a long, long time. Blair's obviously a lot longer. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's just, it's nice seeing so many of these um, businesses that have been around forever and that you get to know. And it's really the fabric of our community. Um, it's that's the kind of business I like doing rather than your uh, Amazon business. Yeah, you know, in the jewelry shop, they were uh, completely uh, shuttered for three months um, last year. And uh, there's, you know, nobody helps. There's no, there's no government help for that. No. You're just out. It's no, just, maybe if they out. served hot dogs, they would yeah. get some government help. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, but great locally owned uh, store and uh, two of the nicest people in the world. Um, we are going to be at Kem's Restaurant, which is a restaurant not a lot of people know about, and that'll be on uh, Food Circus today. Kem's is the restaurant inside the Holiday Inn, and I ate there a couple weeks ago. It is unbelievable. So I highly encourage you to uh, watch Food Circus on JTV and JTV.TV and get out to Kem's at the Holiday Inn. It's great. Really nice. Nice. Uh, we have... Um evidence that uh, the shopping season is in full swing. A, uh, a beaver went grocery shopping uh, yesterday, and it's amazing how much a beaver can carry. I think we have a, a clip of the beaver leaving the store. Oh, that's and nice. He found a couple of items in the produce section, uh, bringing them home uh, clumsily to his family. He probably uh, couldn't answer the plastic or paper question and just took the two items. That's nice. Yeah. But I was surprised. Um, That's fresh looking. Be, they, eat, uh, they eat wood, don't they? Uh, yeah, they do. Well, no, I don't know that they'd, they, uh, they chew wood to make a dam, uh -huh. make their beaver dam. I gotta say, that's, that's some of the best looking produce I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'd like to know where that beaver got that stuff. That looks good. Brandon, you ever seen a carrot that big? Or do you think it's just scaled because of the size of the beaver? That's a big beaver. I've never seen a lot of silver green. Mm. Yeah. yeah, geez, where is this, Australia? <laughs> uh, <not> sure. <laughs> Is that a new sweater? No, but I am wearing it uh, because I'm chilly today. So I have stripes with plaid, which I know is a uh, big no-no, but I'm cold today, so I'm wearing a... What day is ugly Christmas sweater day? This wouldn't be it. No, no, it wouldn't be. Uh, we have an ugly Christmas sweater on a uh, dinosaur in uh, Great Britain. The uh, T-Rex exhibit at a museum uh, is now featuring uh, an ugly Christmas sweater, but they ask that you do not call it an ugly Christmas sweater. What do they want you to call it? I think just a Christmas sweater. It's an, an enormous sweater because this is a 40 foot long prehistoric creature and it's an animatronic attraction. I wonder if that museum used some of their COVID money to buy that sweater. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> Why else would you? You don't really need long sleeves for a dinosaur's sweater. I've always wondered. 
Those upper arms, so short on some of the dinosaurs. Uh, I think all dinosaurs have short upper arms. I don't think all of them do. No? No. no well, don't. this one does. Yeah. Hey, should we get to some sports? Busy week in sports. Oh my gosh, let's get to our scoreboard first. Brought to you by our friends at Extreme Dodge. Check out their new oil change building. They'll get you in and out, fresh coffee, cookies, snacks while you wait. Great people at Extreme Dodge. Western 61, Columbia Central 60. This is boys now. Northwest 50, Mason 44. Leslie beat Springport. Lumen Christie beat Grass Lake. Good one for them. Hillsdale topped East Jackson. Girls basketball. Columbia Central 55, Leslie 51. The big one, though, is Western 44, East Lansing third, or 43. That Western, I, I got to tell you, I think Western's going to go undefeated now, now wow. that they've... Uh, BD Slancing, two powerhouses that's in Division One, I believe, right, Noah? So that's yeah, D one. That's D1. as uh, high a level as girls basketball as uh, as it'll get. So if you're looking to catch a, a girls basketball game, catch any of them. But uh, if you want to see uh, some really, really, really good basketball, check out uh, Western. They are uh, they are rolling right now. Uh, what's on deck tonight? On deck tonight, we've got a couple boys games, but really wrestling underway. Wednesday's a big, uh, a big day for wrestling, so we'll have highlights, photos, etc., etc. tonight on our website. Also, uh, there's three bowling matches, and then Jackson will host Dexter tonight in hockey, and that is tonight at 5.30, and that's on deck tonight. Check jtv.tv later today for highlights, photos, and more from area high school sports. The Extreme Dodge Sports Scoreboard. Uh, coverage, video, photos, and more every single day at jtv.tv. Thanks to our uh, great sports crew for all the hard work they're at it 24-7. 24-7, yep. Never stops. Uh, you've heard of uh, snakes on a plane? I have. Samuel you know, I Jackson. Problem. Do you remember when we had a snake in the uh, the window well uh, when we lived on Kimmel? Yeah, we had a lot of snakes back then. Yeah. Well, I um, I tried to get rid of it and using unconventional methods, and I really don't want to talk about it. But we have uh, word that a, a homeowner in uh, Maryland uh, tried to smoke the snakes out of his house and it didn't go well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Poolsville, Maryland. He had um, snakes in his house. He tried to use smoke to get the snakes out, but it got out of control. Looks like he burned his house down. He did, over a million dollars in damage. Really? Yep. We'll have to uh, talk to some of our friends in the insurance industry to see how that'll <laughs> get paid out. Well, if you get paid for something like that. And I don't think so. um, unfortunately, um, the snakes apparently um, survived. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> if there were snakes in my house, and I know Brandon, you'll you'll feel feel the same. There's a for sale sign going up yeah. in my yard the next day. <laughs> I'm not going back in. That's it. I don't I'm, do snakes. I don't like snakes either. No, but you know, snakes on a plane. That movie was ridiculously stupid, mm -hmm. with Samuel L. Jackson, but. Uh, that's another place you definitely just wouldn't want a snake is on a plane. No. Uh, we continue to uh, follow the pandemic uh, here in Jackson County. Good news, no new deaths reported yesterday after a very deadly week last week. 
uh, nearly 20 new deaths reported in the last week. And, uh, but we had 157 new cases, and that, while it's a large number, it's less than the daily uh, report that we've had, uh, again, for the past week. Yeah, so, so hopefully maybe we're, uh, maybe we're nearing the end of uh, a wave. We'll see. We shall see. I think, once, I think we've got to get through Christmas. I think we're going to just keep, uh, there's just so much Christmas gathering that's mm -hmm. going to happen. Yeah, I mean it's inevitable. I mean we've all we've all proven we don't know enough to, or we you just don't know, and you can get it out of the blue. Literally, you just don't know. Um, so you have a lot of unavoidable situations, which is tough. And around the holidays, look, you never know when it's going to be someone's last holiday. So there's a lot of situations where it is what it is, and uh, I understand that as well. So. Yes, continue to uh, practice all the uh, safety measures, maintain social distancing, keep your hands clean, and wear a face mask, and get vaccinated. Get vaccinated, get booster vaccinated, get the flu vaccine, get vaccinated. <laughs> uh, Thursday, there's a uh, vaccine clinic, Brown's Advanced Care and Napoleon Fire Department. Once again, having a drive-through clinic. We've done that. It's so easy to drive through. And it's, you don't even have to get out of your car. It's awesome. Yeah, you don't even leave your car. It's, yep. Couldn't be easier. And it's free. So, who's on uh, our show today? Oh, we're, we're very excited today. Our first guest coming up after this break is legendary retired hockey coach from Lumen Christie, Mike Wartella. Mike joins us right after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. Our job of the day is from the Michigan Department of Corrections. Get dedicated, reach success. Corrections is hiring immediate openings available. MDOC is hiring right here in Jackson, offering paid training, virtual training options, great paid benefits, and a signing bonus. Corrections officer will start at $18.56 an hour. If you're a registered nurse and you want to get over there, how about a $5,000 signing bonus? They'll be holding open interviews on Thursday of this week, and that'll be from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the G. Robert Cotton Correctional Facility in the T100 training building, and I bet they'll hire you right on the spot if you do a good job. So be ready to interview right then. Our first guest is legendary, retired now, hockey coach at Luma Christi High School, Mike Ortella. Good morning, Mike. Morning, Andy. Morning, Bart. It's great to, uh, it's great to see you. It, it feels weird uh, going to a, a Lumen hockey game and you're not on the bench anymore. I agree with you there. <laughs> no. It feels weird to me also. Uh, you know, just uh, made a decision on Labor Day, and it's been a strange couple months, you know, not being at practice and, you know, going to the first home game on the third is a different perspective standing at the glass instead of behind the bench. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been as big a part of your life as really anything. I mean, you were a player. Um, on two two state championship teams, and then uh, six or seven years after you graduated, you started coaching in 1985, and 36 years later, 
here we are. I mean, the amount of, uh, I gotta ask you, the amount of practice time that, uh, that you and your, your players put in, how many hours would you imagine that would be, Mike? Well, it's, it's probably, uh, you know, I coached over 800 games. It's probably over 3,000 practices. Oh. A lot of bus rides, too. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of bus rides. And hockey is not, you're finding this out, it's not the, uh, it doesn't smell the best. We're finding that out. So, do you still have a sense of smell after all these years? You know, we do, uh, I, or I do. Uh, it's uh, you kind of get used to it during the season, but every once in a while, you have to remind a couple players to please take their equipment home and wash it. You know, once we uh, you know got our own locker room, I mean, some of the parents were happier than the players yeah. because it got that equipment out of their house. It's amazing how horrible that equipment smells. Everything associated with hockey. Bad smell. <laughs> it's, uh, I've really uh, come to, I've always loved watching the sport. Um, and, and the, you know, we're watching some of the, some of the great Lumen Christie Jackson battles. Always just the funnest game, right? Great games. Yeah. I mean, just a great atmosphere. You know, you have uh, a full arena. Uh, you know, and you guys have done a fabulous job over the years televising your game, especially now you do it live. Yeah. That is very cool. That was fun, yeah. You know, and the players, it's just that extra, you know, they like playing their rival, plus most of these guys played with each other as they were coming up, uh, and then they really enjoyed the whole atmosphere. In fact, you know, some players that played AAA hockey and came back and played for us just said, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, usually we have grandma and grandpa up in the stands watching us, but, you know, having your peers and and friends being there really adds to that atmosphere and makes for a, a great game night. Yeah, there's nothing like a, a full house when those those two teams are are playing. What, uh, Mike? What what stands out from uh, from the from your career, if anything? Oh, well, there, there's so many things actually. Um, you know, when I first started, uh, frankly, I, I really didn't know what my expectations were. You know, I graduated from Michigan State and. It was during the recession in the early 80s and there really wasn't a lot of jobs mm -hmm. out there. And you know, when Jerry Sykes uh, kind of uh, uh, talked to me about you know, taking over the job when Ed McKernan decided to step down, I thought, you know, how hard can it be? You know? <laughs> and I figured out pretty quickly it was a lot harder than I thought. Um, but you know, just uh, the relationships that I gained over the years and you know, early on in your career, you're, you're focused on you know, winning, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just want to win all the time. And you start to realize it's a lot more than that. You know, it's a lot of the people that you work with and the players that uh, you get to know. And especially it's rewarding when uh, a lot of them come back to the program or you, you see them at a game and you realized, you know, they played for you 15 years ago and now they're married and have a couple of kids and how successful they are. Mm -hmm. And you, you kind of, you know, you, you take a little gratification in that and that you thought maybe I was a little bit part of that and helping mm -hmm. them get there. Yeah. And, and that was the, the great thing. Yeah, and you've coached um, second generation. Yes. Um, you know, I was talking the other night, I said, you know, the apple does not fall far from the tree. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's eerie how uh, some of these kids play or skate just like their dad did. Um, and some of them have the same attitudes also. <laughs> you know, and when I corner their, their fathers and I say, you can't give this one away. He's yours. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's, it's really, it was a lot of fun, you know, rewarding um, really to see that, uh, you know, when you have a second generation, but also told you you're starting to get a little old too when you start to see the next generation. Well, it's, you know, a career that you just, people, everyone associated with Lumen Christi Hockey just thinks you're going to be there forever. 
And I think he's surprised, you know, it's obviously <laughs> 46 years with the program, basically. Uh, it had to end at some point, but did you have people that were begging you to stay on? Well, you know, I, my wife wasn't begging me to stay on. <laughs> I think she was starting to wonder, you know, are we going to spend all of our retirement years in a cold hockey arena? Um, you know, and it, it kind of came down to kind of the last five years, you know, especially once I retired from my other job, uh, you know, I started thinking about, you know, really how long am I going to do this? You know, a lot of it came down, am I still having fun? And I still was having fun, but it also, uh, you know, at some point you got to turn the program over to somebody yeah. else. You know, that was one of my main concerns, you know, who Jesse Brown was going to hire, hired Dan Brady, a uh, fantastic hire. Danny played for me, coached with me. Um, it's already 2-0 and after the first weekend. Couldn't have started better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. And, uh, you know, so I think I did surprise uh, a few people on, you know, I, I think Jesse, I caught him by surprise a little bit when I, you know, called him up and said, hey, can I stop by, you know, right after Labor Day weekend. And, um, you know, he, you know he, ex he expressed his thoughts, a little bittersweet to him. You know, he thought he'd have me for a couple more years. Yeah. And I said, you know, I, I just think the timing's right. You know, it's just sometimes you just know it's the right time, even though I still have a passion for the game. And, and you know, I told Dan, you know, I'll still be around to help you out. And we've... Uh, talked a lot in the last couple of months trying to uh, make sure everything was ready to go and I knew he was a little nervous he called me uh, the afternoon of the first game and we just had a little discussion but they were ready to go and they played a great game that night. Yeah I, I think Dan Brady is the perfect uh, fit for the team mm -hmm. for the position and as you said uh, a former player someone that's very connected to the program to the school and the community. Uh, it seems like it was just, as you said, uh, a no-brainer. So good luck to uh, Dan Brady going so far, so good. Yeah. yeah. And it'll free up. He's got a lot of, I mean, you've coached in the second most games in uh, MHSAA history, fifth most wins all time. Dan's got, Dan's got, he's got some years ahead of him if he's planning on catching old coach. I, I told him the other night, I said, <laughs> good start, you have a few to go. <laughs> what's uh, what's the state of hockey like compared to you know the '90s around here when we had, or maybe even the early 2000s when you had so many kind of house teams? How are you able? How are you able to still develop and have such a successful programming when the amount of hockey players in the community has really taken a step back over the last 20 years? You know, it has. It really has dropped quite a bit. Even when when I played. Uh, back in the 70s, you know, we had uh, a lot of travel teams, a lot mm -hmm. of house teams. Um, you had a lot of club teams at the high school level also. And, uh, you know, and the recession came along. It's, it's funny, it really, it, it ebbs and flows with uh, the economy. Mm -hmm. You start to see, you know, hockey is not uh, inexpensive sport. Um, and so you start to see, you know, we saw the recession in the 80s, and, and I start to saw some of my numbers in the 90s drop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it used to be I would have, you know, anywhere from 30, 40 players coming out for tryouts, you know, and, and we would keep 20, you know, 22. And then, you know, we got in the 90s, and we were dropping down to about, you know, 21, 22 players for tryouts. So you weren't making very many cuts. And, mm -hmm. Then we saw it pick up again in the 2000s where we had some really 
you know, great teams as far as depth. And, uh, and then we start to saw, uh, we saw it again, you know, with the lost decade in mm -hmm. the 2000s, you saw numbers drop again. And we're seeing a little bit of that, it, it, but it's, uh, you know, and Dan and I had this discussion and with Jesse also, I, you know, our numbers still look good as far as kids that are coming through the Lumen uh, system, through the Catholic grade schools. We, we still have some pretty decent numbers mm -hmm. of kids, but, you know, when I go over to uh, the Optimus Sports Arena, you know, we see that there is a lot of, uh, uh, not as many people participating, yeah. and it worries us. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, the success speaks to uh, you and your staff's coaching. We're going to take a quick break back with uh, more with Mike Bortella right after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. We're back with Mike Ortella, retired Lumen Christi hockey co coaching legend. And Mike, I was asking you during the break if you remembered the time I got hit in the head with a puck in the head during the middle of one of your games. Yes, I, I do. Uh, you got to keep your head up around there. You uh, but you get a little busy sometimes, and, and that puck comes fast. Yeah, it did. I, uh, ten staples to the head. The game was not interrupted. Everything went fine. I think you guys went on to win the game, we and did. I drove myself to the hospital. Oh, you didn't drive yourself to the hospital. I think Kevin Chase walked into my car, <laughs> if I remember. I don't know. Anyways, I survived. We have uh, some Hall of Fame pictures from uh, your induction. And uh, t t where's this at, Mike? This is at Mon Ice Arena cool. at Michigan State. And uh, I was inducted in 2016, and this was uh, the un official unveiling of the Wall of Fame, Hall of Fame for the Wall for the high school coaches hockey association and uh, Michigan State was doing all those renovations. I think they did like $19 million worth of renovations and they uh, allowed us to you know, put our, our wall up there and that was pretty cool. They had a cool. Hall of Fame night for us and during the hockey game. There's a, a group of legends. Uh, who knows who knows the most about hockey in that room, Mike? Uh, there's quite a bit of <laughs> knowledge there. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we're all looking pretty old. <laughs> well, it's your legends. Yeah, you guys are. You're part of a, part of a group that really has, uh, like you said, influenced so many kids, families. Um, really a father figure to so many kids, too. I, I don't, I'm sure you realize it, but you probably don't realize how much of a father figure you were and still are to a lot of, a lot of those guys. Because um, you spent a lot of time together. We do. And you hope that, uh, you know, when the, everything's said and done, that it becomes a very positive uh, experience in their life. And, and I, hear, I hear from, you know, certain players, I hear from certain players that said, uh, well, I had some issues when I was playing for guys. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> but it was interesting that, you know, they would uh, see that, admit that, and they said, yeah. you know, those things still help me Damn. become a better Damn. person. So that was, that's, those are things you, you like to hear, that you're making a yeah. difference. You mentioned uh, you were back at the first home game for Lumen Christi against Matawan on uh, last Friday, I believe. And there's uh, Phil Hoffman. Senator Phil Hoffman. Former Senator Phil Hoffman. I always call him Senator. <laughs> and uh, presenting you with a uh, State of Michigan uh, tribute. 
Yes, uh, Phil, they had to bring him out of retirement. Uh, I think all of the other uh, local politicians or legislators must have been busy that night. I don't know what else. I mean, $5 to go to yeah. a great hockey game. Yeah. It's a, a great Friday night. And Yeah, I don't know what they were doing. But, you know, Phil, both his sons played hockey for me and both great players. Phil did a ton of fundraising for us over the years, too. In fact, a lot of what we did in the locker room was because of the work and effort Phil put into it. So, actually, it was nice to see him. Uh, you know, I would probably consider him my favorite politician. Yeah. Did he? Uh, how many of the uh, Hoffman boys uh, played hockey? Two of them. Ben and PJ okay. both played. Yeah. Both good hockey players. In fact, they were both there that night. It was nice to see them. That's cool. Yeah. And we, they never missed a practice or a game. I know they didn't. Never missed practice. <laughs> I know they didn't. I graduated <laughs> with Ben, and uh, he threw up on the way to school. Um, but. Um, Denise said, no, you're going anyways. You're getting perfect attendance. So I guarantee they didn't miss a practice. They did not. No. You've yeah. been a part of a lot of special moments, um, some tragic, some, um, you know, celebratory. It seems like there's been so many powerful moments inside that ice arena uh, over the years um, with whether it's uh, helping out a family member, helping out... Uh, a former teammates, parents that are sick, just a really nice community that um, you guys have really just done a lot for each other, it seems like. You know, it's a family. And, uh, you know, some people may say it's cliche, but it is. Like you said, you spend a lot of time together. And, it, you know, you, I learned early on in my career, it's more than just X's and O's mm -hmm. and playing the game. Uh, that was one of the biggest, uh, I think, changes for me. You know, as as an individual player, you know, you more, you're more worried about yourself being mentally prepared to play. And as a coach, you really have to start looking at the individual, and you know, and and uh, you know, one of the things in probably in the past uh, ten years that's really become an issue is mental health. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of the things that uh, you know, our coaching staff has tried to keep an eye on and help. Uh, Know, some of our players that may be struggling in, in other ways and try to let them know that it's not, uh, you know, as athletes, uh, you still have the stigma that it's weak to admit that you're struggling with some things and, and you can't have that. You know, mm -hmm. we've had that discussion with parents and players um, and unfortunately we've experienced it over the past couple of years um, and uh, that hurts. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you still try to figure out, you know, what you could have done differently. Um, so it, you know, it's the whole thing, and, and but it's also about celebration, mm -hmm. uh, celebrating families and uh, positive things, but also you know, staying together when you have some uh, tragic or, or negative uh, things happen. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, players that have gone on to play uh, after high school. Uh, tell us about some of the post uh, Lumen Christie success that uh, your athletes have had. You know, we've had uh, a number of players. I mean, when I played with Steve Yoxheimer, went on to play for, at U of M. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had, you know, Eric Evans went on to play at Ferris State. Um, we've had uh, Division Three NCAA, uh, Chad Caesar. Um, mm -hmm. And we send a lot of kids to uh, ACHA programs, which are basically the, the club programs. And it's pretty good hockey. A lot of people say, oh, club. Yeah. But when they go watch and they say, wow, this is fast. In fact, I got a couple guys playing right now. Owen Campbell and uh, Jake Kosnick are playing at Central Michigan and they're just That's enjoying awesome. it. They both came back Friday and I got to talk to them for a few minutes and they're really enjoying the college life. And I kind of reminded them, you know, don't enjoy it too much. Yeah. Make sure you pass your classes. <laughs> Some, uh, another photo from your uh, 
from your retirement. Um, and hockey is such an interesting sport because you are so far removed from the school on the day-to-day. -day. You know, the, the ice is not there. The practice time is not there. How are, how are you able to keep such a connection um, with the school and with the students and, and with the administration over the last 36 years to keep them engaged? You know, that was uh, always the hard part, uh, not being uh, a teacher and being mm -hmm. at the school every day. Uh, so communication was key. Uh, you know, I was uh, very lucky to, to work for some great athletic directors, Jerry Sykes, you know, Danny Crowley, Jerry Reese, and, and Jesse Brown now. Um, and, uh, you know, we just had to keep the communication lines open. Um, and also, you know, some of the uh, staff at school, you know, just let them know that, hey, if something's going on, please give me a heads up. Yeah. And a lot of teachers are very good about giving me a heads up if somebody was struggling in school a little bit. And, you know, you have that little conversation at practice, before practice, or, and uh, usually got them back on track because uh, they kind of give you luck. Oh, you know about that? Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, let's make sure things are, are going well. Yeah. Do you have, uh, before we let you go, do you have any uh, fan advice for a, a new hockey grandparent and a hockey uncle? Because I've been told I'm the crazy uncle that's yelling on the glass. Any advice for fans? They can't hear you. I know that. <laughs> well, I, every once in a while they can. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, I've had a lot of experience with parents and fans, and sometimes uh, they take it a little too serious, and it's just... <laughs> Uh, allow them to have fun and you know sometimes you have to have a little adversity too to get better and yeah. so if they have a bad game you know if they want to talk about it talk to them about it but um, and please uh, take it easy on the officials yeah it's one of the things we're struggling with is having a number of officials uh, it's a hard game to be on skates and be that fast and try to make calls instantly yeah um, and uh, of course uh, you know from my own standpoint be nice to the coaches. <laughs> hey, we'll be doing that from here on out. Congratulations on an uh, outstanding career and uh, all the success, Mike. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Mike Wartella, retired Lumen Christie hockey coach after 36 years. Hey, we'll be right back after this break. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show. Comfort Keepers is hiring, and this might be a good job for you, whether you're looking for just a, a little bit of work to do, maybe some part-time. Comfort Keepers, we make everyday extraordinary in providing in-home care that helps seniors and others live safe, happy, and independent lives in the comfort of their own homes. To apply, call 517-481-2177 or go to comfortkeepers.com and some of those shifts can be just a few hours a week. So apply now. We'd like to now welcome our mayor, the fine city of Jackson, Mr. Daniel Mahoney. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good to see good you. Good to see you guys. How you guys doing this morning? Good. Good. Mayor Mahoney, how's that sound? Uh, well, my mom said it has a ring to it. That's what talked me into doing this in the first place. <laughs> so your first council meeting uh, last night, um, how'd it go for you? You know, it went it went good. Mm -hmm. You know, it went it went good over uh, overall. You know, me and Jonathan talked 
uh, city manager before the meeting, and he says, you know, we tried to keep this pretty light, um, mm -hmm. you know, and ease you into the situations that yeah. we got going on. Um, but it went well. Good. We have some uh, some photos from your swearing in, which the turnout was awesome. Um, yeah. You had to be you had to be proud of that day. Man, it was uh, it was such an emotional day. It really was. It was very emotionally overwhelming. Um, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of loved ones and, and friends who traveled to be able to see that moment uh, and be a part of it and uh, show their support and you know, give me encouraging words afterwards. It was, it was an emotional field day. The first uh, meeting, uh, not a lot of business. Uh, this was primarily for the swearing in of both you and uh, new council I member. like your suit. I, I, always, I always got to compliment your suit, Daniel. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Angelita Gunn also joining uh, yes. the council. Yep. Yeah. So uh, what, uh, let me ask you, First meeting, were you a little nervous? Um, I think I was more emotional. Yeah. Like uh, the, the the meeting of getting sworn in, I think I was yeah. more emotional than nervous. Um, you know, just uh, just kind of all the places that I've been in my life leading up to to getting to that moment start racing through my mind. I mean, just that previous day. Um, Kind of the, the last order of business that uh, Mayor Dobies took care of uh, was placing the sign at the renaming and rededication of Workers Memorial Park, um, which was previously McCulloch Park. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I pulled up over there, I parked at Muhammad's, which I was a frequent flyer at um, for a long time. I've, I've known Muhammad since he was over on Milwaukee Street uh, as a young kid. Um, and, and just kind of thinking about all the places that I've been, like all of that stuff kind of racing through my mind and was still on my mind that Wednesday, of, of kind of you know taking the reins of, of that first meeting and getting sworn in and um, seeing all the loved ones who know that path that I walked to get to where I am today. Was, it, was, it was overwhelmingly emotional, mm -hmm. it was. Well, you are uh, Jackson's first black mayor and that has been noted, I think, uh, by many, those of you, those of your family and, and uh, uh, people you grow up with, uh, your neighbors, they've been uh, very proud of, of your ascension into this seat. Yeah. But it's also been uh, noted in the community. What has been the response to, that you've seen specifically as being the first black mayor? Um, well, I think that, uh, you know, me being the, you know, not only the first black mayor, but someone who is truly entrenched in the black community. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, 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 most people think I'm joking when I say this, that I'm related to about 60% of the black people in Jackson. Uh, I'm not joking. My, my, my grandmother moved here and then her seven sisters and two brothers moved here. So there is a, barrage of last names that I'm related to um, at this point through the yeah. years, all the, you know, people who've had children and, you know, we've grown from the Glassby and Mahoney family to so many different last names in this community that I'm related to. And, you know, with that being very entrenched in the community itself, I think a lot of people are just super comfortable coming to me and saying, hey, I've got this issue that I'm dealing with right now. Can you help me? Um, I mean, some issues have been things that still don't really fall under the 
purview of the of the mayor, but just them being comfortable enough to come to me and say, here's a problem that I have. Is it something that you can help me with? Um, that's, I think, been the biggest thing. And I, I, I expected that uh, right mm. off the jump. I mean, people come to me all, already with a lot of issues that they have going on. And I can either try to redirect them to where they can get help at or, you know, give them the best advice that I have. Um, but it, it comes with a, a great deal of responsibility, you know, uh, high expectations to address some of the systemic issues that we've had in the black community while also dealing directly with the other issues that Jackson has in general. Um, so it comes with high expectations for sure. Is there anything that uh, has uh, surprised you as uh, mayor in your short time? Is <laughs> well, there, are there any perks? Can you, can you, are people picking up your uh, tabs at restaurants? I would assume that know, that would happen. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's anybody out there and they want to start picking some tabs up. I, I just, I would uh, think that, you know, that would happen that as I, mayor. I wouldn't mind that. I would, I, won't, I would not turn that, I'm not turning down nothing but my collar right now. Um, you know, no, I, I think that um, there's, there's been a great deal of, uh, of, of well, I, I will say this, um, I was, I was at a restaurant, I was at McDonald's the other day getting, getting coffee and some french fries, which I shouldn't have had, and somebody said, hey man, make sure fries are hot because that's the main. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's been a good feeling. I mean, yeah. I know so many people in this community that, um, you know, the, the respect portion is always, has always been there, but I think that, you know, so many people have reminded me that they're, they're proud of, um, where I've made it to, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and are very, very encouraging. It's been a lot of encouragement of, you know, we know you're gonna, gonna do good yeah. things for the community. Um, which I, you know, I have high intentions to, to do good things, but of course that takes the collaboration of the whole team that's up there. Sure. So uh, it's not a one man show. Um, it's it's gonna take a lot of compromise and a lot of uh, team effort to really be able to address the issues that we have in the mm -hmm. Jackson community in general. Yeah. And one of those uh, affordable housing, that's something that uh, happened at uh, Mayor Adobe's last meeting and also at your first meeting, mm -hmm. uh, allocation of money, COVID money. How is the four and a half million dollars, What what is the, the use, how will that be spent? So I, I know that the proposal was to be able to put that money into different buckets to be able to address um, affordable housing in general. So some of that money will be available to be used for uh, a variety of things like um, current homeowners being able to apply for some grant money to be able to fix up their homes, uh, developers to be able to use some of that money for like projects that they have mm -hmm. going on. Um, it, it is really robust what that money can be used for us. Uh, but it, it really just gives us a basis, a, a group of individuals to give the responsibility of directly addressing affordable housing in our community and working collaboratively. Because again, I think that, you know, there's a bunch of different people who have a solution to the issue um, from their view, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the real key to fixing it is for everybody to kind of come together to try to work on that problem as a whole. Well, congratulations on uh, your election and your start of your term. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys and appreciate being here. Wish you the best. All right. Happy New Year's and Our happy, new holidays. happy yes. holidays. Happy holidays to you. Our uh, new mayor of the city of Jackson, Daniel Mahoney. More of the morning show after this.
Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show. Andy, the uh, U.S. captioning company that does all the captions on mm. other channels. Oh, yeah. Uh, they released the uh, list of words that are most challenging for people on television to pronounce. <laughs> and since you're on television, I thought we'd challenge you. Can you pronounce any of these mispronounced words? Uh, <laughs> chewy. Is that mm. right? Chuji. Chuji. It's Chip a trendy term popularized by Gen Z. Chipotle, but everyone says Chipotle. You got that right, it's Chipotle. I would say Dogecoin, but Noah would say Do Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Eilish. Crypto. Crypto. Eilish, like Billy. Billy Eilish, the singer, that's correct. Glasgow. Kelsey, like Travis. Uh, no, no, no. Don't rush through them because you aren't getting them right. Oh, sorry. Go back to the uh, Scottish. Glasgow? City. Eilish. Glasgow. 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 Then we have uh, Philadelphia Eagles Center. Um, that is uh, the brother of Kelsey. It's Kelsey. You would say Kels. It's it Kels. Is. No, it it's doesn't. Kels. I'm oh, sorry. There's, there's Maybe there's another. <laughs> What's his first name? Jason Kels. Are they brothers? He, he said, he really? said. Okay, no, Adam Kels. Kels. He, he, he said right. that his teammates in the media have been mispronouncing his really? name for years. <laughs> yes. Jeez, man. The new uh, COVID variant. Yeah. What's the next one? Omicron. Omni. Omicron. Why do I Omicron? keep saying Omnicron? Probably because I like staying in Omnis. All right. Omnisource. Sheen. 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 It's a fast fashion company in China. Okay. A uh, tennis player from Greece. Stefanos Tsitsipas. Mm, close. Stefanos Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas. And Pacify. Yassify. Yassify. That's a... Uh, now, you watch the uh, um, TV with closed captions on I all do. the time. I <laughs> do. So. Yes. Uh, who's coming we had a, up? I thought we, had, I, thought we were, I thought we were getting ready to welcome another guest, but... Who's uh, on tomorrow? I have no idea who's on tomorrow. You tell me who's on tomorrow. Megan Hunt from The Y, The Chamber Connection, with Rachel Buchanan and Angela Madden from The Hyder Jubilee. Uh, later today, uh, we will be bringing you yesterday's Bart Holly Show. And tomorrow afternoon, Tim Boss, Kelly Crum, Monica Pierce, Jenna Shemlisky, David Baker, and Rick Wald. Thanks for watching. See you later.